All right, welcome to the Brotherhood. Michael's here. Um, we've got KJ, we've got uh, Mr. John. Fellas, how you guys are doing today? I'm good. good. Nice, nice, nice. So, yeah, um, there is so much that has happened literally since we've had our last, um, you know, our last podcast session. Um, we, we talked about, you know, sports is back and. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And if, if you don't know now, I've been a Lakers fan since um, since probably when Kobe got into the into the league. Uh, rest in peace. But I definitely would say I'm, I'm definitely excited about playoffs are back. Uh, my Lakers are playing um, just some trashy team in Houston. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. Just a trashy wow. team. I mean, just some some pathetic team called the, the Duds. And so, um, the not even rockets. Um, was it spaceships? Yeah, it's got some of the duds or something like that. Houston spaceships. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm. I'm. How how are you guys feeling about that? I mean, we got playoffs are back. We got it down to. Uh, I know that you got the Lakers and the Rockets. We got the Boston Celtics in Toronto. We got Milwaukee, Miami Heat. We got um, the L.A. Clippers and the Denver Nuggets. So you know what is what are y'all's thought process? And y'all excited? Any of y'all teams are in. I said once the Spurs, they were out. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, I remember you saying I'm, that. I'm not watching basketball anymore. You out. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a LeBron James fan. Okay. You gotta be honest, I've never been a Houston Rockets fan like that. Good, good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> you like, smart. You smart. Smart man. Smart man. I mean, they got some great teams. Like, Trace McGrady was great. And... When they won those championships, I don't even think I was even born. So I really have no affiliation with them besides mm-hmm. living in Houston. But I need I need LeBron to get this chip, man. Yeah, yeah. got to. This is got to. One. Yeah, it is a big one because I mean we may not have Anthony Davis back next year, so we got to see ooh, wow. what that looks like. He, he's, is he really considering leaving? There's a possibility. I mean, he didn't sign his extension that we gave him, so he could opt out. So just depends on how they play. Yeah, and I, even then, I even I feel like if the if the Lakers do win the championship, I there's a good chance he may not come back. So get him a, get him a ring and dip. Yeah, uh, and then you know, once I got my ring, I go for the money. You know, so I mean, I think LA is a good place for him. I mean, not everybody we we all know can play in LA. Cause all the bright lights, kind of like New York, got all that eyes are all eyes are on you, people watching you, people trying to say what can you do, right? But you know it's a great opportunity for LeBron, which I think you know he's definitely. I mean, I was a little concerned when we played Portland Trailblazers, but I mean we're we're looking really good. Um, I just can't wait till we you know um, you know literally punch in James Harden in the mouth because um, uh, you know I'm I'm not a, I'm not a Rockets fan at all. Period. Um, Never have, never will be. Anybody who's a Rocket fan, I'm sorry. But <laughs> we definitely will win a four. We'll, that definitely will be a, a sweep <laughs> for sure. So it definitely. I mean, if you could take Five Oklahoma, five. Oklahoma Thunder takes you to seven games and the only star they have yeah. is Chris Paul, there's a problem. And, and that, that's hard to believe for me because it's like the Rockets have so much talent. But when I think about it, like, oh, when the Lakers finally match up with them, like, if Anthony Davis, who's gonna guard Anthony Davis? Nobody's gonna guard Anthony Davis. <laughs> but yeah, That's the, thing. <laughs> the, the tallest guy they have is uh, uh, Covington. He's what six seven, and he's a center. 
No way. So yeah. They, they really went small ball. They, yeah, they, 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 that's all they got. <laughs> they traded Capella. Oh, wow. Capella's gone. So you. The, don't they have Tyson? Bruh. Oh, yeah, true. Bruh. <laughs> I, I forgot about Tyson Chandler. Tyson ain't played the whole series. Oh, no. <laughs> he played the whole series. So, like, somebody got to find somebody to match up with Braun. You're going to have to find somebody to match up with. Oh, yeah. yeah, so let's think about it. Center oh, position. Who's going to guard JaVale McGee? Because you got JaVale McGee. And behind that, Dwight. And Dwight comes off the bench. So, let's say, for example, you got JaVale McGee at center. You got so Anthony size, Davis bro. at power forward. Small forward is LeBron. Danny Green is going to be the small as a shooting guard. And then we can hit you with either way. We got KCP. We got Dion Waiters. We got Caruso. And let's not forget, we got J.R. Smith in that. Whoa, 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 whoa. And we got Rajon Rondo coming back, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause, so Because, honestly, that's my biggest word with the Lakers. They're guards. Their yeah. guards are their guards are very suspect. Yeah. So we got we got we got, <laughs> at, we best. got at best. <laughs> we got Rondo coming back. I think we should be good. Let's yeah. not forget about Kuzma as well. So we can beat you with our second team to beat your 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 first team. So who are who are the Clippers playing? Clippers are playing the Denver Nuggets. So um I the Clippers are gonna run through the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, that's not gonna be that's not gonna be a problem. Yeah. I mean if 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 um Paul George can get his his mind in the right place, I mean I think he, he he they can win, but you go you switch sides to the East. Toronto is losing. Boston is winning, and so they play tonight. And so most probably Boston, if they can win that, there's three three zip. One more is a sweep. Yo, what about the freaking Bucks? What is happening with them? They got so much going on in that city right now. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's you think that's <laughs> yeah, what it is. Yeah, they got yeah, some. They're a little distracted. Yeah, they got they got a lot going on right now in that Wisconsin. So yeah. Milwaukee, yeah, they they got a lot of. Um, that, that that makes yeah. sense. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, they got some stuff going on. I mean, it's hard, kind of hard to play, kind of hard to play through that. Yeah. Yep. Dang. Yep. But hey, we got footballs coming back. You know, that's you know. Get my fantasy team set up in place. Are we going to start a fantasy league, or is it too late? Oh, you can start one anytime yeah, before the season we, starts. Okay. Whenever. Yeah. So we can get like a church fantasy league. We can do it. The, bro- the Brotherhood Fantasy <laughs> League. Yeah. I'm going to get Tony Romo on there. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. That, and I'll, Mike Tyson. Yeah, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, they could be uh, – it could be in your league if you want them to have them be in your league for sure. You can definitely have that. Um, yeah, they could be in your league. One year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. Fantasy commentators. <laughs> exactly. They, they the best. Tony Romo is the best out there right exactly. now. And so. Superman. I'm, I'm very <laughs> triggered by yeah. him right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Football's back. We were glad about that. Sports is back in, in, its, in its entirety. Um, you know, we talked about some stuff with with the whole thing with 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 Cascono in Wisconsin, um, tongue twister, and so now there's been a lot of stuff that has really, really happened in the last two and a half, two two and a half weeks that has been very um, we and we've talked about a lot of stuff to where, you know, the racial injustice. Um, the things that has 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 happened, um, and now it's starting to rear its ugly head again, and everything is starting to come back out again, and it's getting even worse. And I, I posted something on my Instagram earlier that's something that happened in March in New York, where um, cops pulled over this guy, 
because of disturbance or something. They, the guy had no clothes on. They put a handcuffs on him. They actually put a plastic bag over his head, turned him down on the ground in the rain, put their knee in the in his back. And within two minutes, the guy was dead. Um, cop's body cam basically states that shows that you know he's telling them I can't breathe. Like, please take this plastic bag off my head. I can't breathe. And so, with that being said. Chris Paul said it best is that I don't think this stuff was going to ever change because people don't have people don't place a value on black lives. And it ticks me off when people say, well, all lives matter. (laughs) Yes, but black lives matter, too. And I think that's the frustrating point. But that's the thing. If you don't say all lives matter, that all are equally important. Exactly. Then that, yeah, yeah. But it's I would not say maybe happy. even all lives matter. Emphasize it even more for all those people that are saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All lives do matter. You're you're right. But we don't. But people. Well, we're talking about the house that's on fire, right? Yeah. Now. And the people tend to want a single. We're like, well, all lives matter. So you basically tell us the black lives are not in the all lives. Like you, we're, you're separating us. No, all lives do matter. But I think the one of the biggest things that's the frustrating point is that. Uh, the awareness piece and I think I was really proud of the whole thing that the NBA players and then we know this league is, is they're extremely young now we talked about it like John Moran he's super young a lot of these guys are young now and a lot of them were like okay you know what screw this we ain't playing no more we're okay with not even playing period yeah. but then MJ was like uh I don't think you guys should do that because if you do that, your platform is gone. Mm. Mm. And a lot of them are like, Catch 22. Oh, wow. Very good point. Makes sense. He was like, don't, don't, don't shut down your own platform. Yeah, this hurts, but use your platform for a reason. So with that being said, with all this stuff that's going on, all these more people of, of color are being killed the young teenager you know killing people and just all this stuff like what are you what are your guys some of your thoughts like what's been going on here in your head the last two two and a half weeks so it's 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 like an overload like what's been going on kj it, it's a lot um It seems like it's almost starting to get like desensitized to it. To the fact that it's like, there's yeah, there's mm-hmm. another one. It's almost the point where it's not a big deal now. It's just like a normal, oh, another black guy shot. Oh, something that happens every week. But no, it's it's crazy. Even a point, like the other day, I left the house. Parents started talking to me. Um, I came home. Like maybe around like ten o'clock, and they freaked out that I came home so late. But that's nothing. Usually I'm like twelve, one o'clock. So you know they're like, "Hey, you know where were you? Um, you know this, this, and this could happen to you." And yeah, I could tell it wasn't that they were mad at me, but it's just a fear and a worry that they have now. Yeah, it's 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 so. Because I just, yeah, it, it honestly just really hurts. Because 
like you think about situations like that, you're like, well, why does he even have a plastic bag on his head in the first place? Yeah, well, how's that going to protect someone? Like it, 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 it just doesn't even make sense. And it's just, a, it's just the fortunate part about it is like you think we're making strides until something like this happens, and you're like, okay, like we're back at square one. Like, did they even learn or? It's like it's like you see everybody talking about it. You even see, you know, Biden out there visiting uh, mm-hmm. where Jacob Blake was, and just speaking, just speaking to him. And you think things like that would motivate people to, you know, turn from their ways. No, it's just like it just seems to have no effect at all. Why do you think it's that? Why do you think it's that's the case? I, I think KJ made a good point. Like I think you, it happened so much that you can go and be desensitized to it. Okay. Um, but I also think, man, there is I want to say like things have to get a lot worse to get better. But also it just seems like it's a how much worse does it have to get? How I'm much trying to figure it out. Yeah. I I had a conversation with and I won't put their names out there, but it's two two amazing people from our church. And we were riding to do hurricane relief. Um but I the conversation of race came up. And they're very strongly like they're strongly upset about everything that's happening to two black people. Okay. Um, but they also said that their parents were those people that will call black people N-words and, mm. and were like super racist and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was very curious and I just wanted to know. I was like, hey, just like why when you asked your mom why she would use those words, like what reason did she give you? Yeah. And she said basically her mom had always said those things. So she grew up saying those things. And the only defense she gave was that, well, that's just the way it is. Wow. Like, which is so, which is so mind blowing because it wasn't the fact that anything was done to her by an African-American or a black person, black person. It was just, those things were so deeply rooted in her childhood that at this point, that's just the way it is right now. That's the only reason she gave behind using that word. And unfortunately, that's something that she still uses to this day. Wow. So So it goes and, and to, to to segue right into what you said about the whole childhood stuff. Barack Obama, um, he quoted something in 2017 he tweeted something in 2017 um, and it's been like about 4.3 million people wow. no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion mm-hmm. and he has a picture of him in the window and he's got um, Asian kids he's got a white kid he's got a black kid He's got a, a numerous different kids in in there, oh. and it's taught, and it's, it goes back to what you said. It's taught. So then, 
that goes into the thing where you have people who are what's frustrating to me is why isn't that the Christian church why are they not talking about it we talk about the giving keep giving keep doing this keep doing that but we're not talking we're not using our platform we're not talking about the racial injustices that are going on right now shoot we ain't even talked about you know we need to arrest somebody who ever killed Breonna Taylor. She, I mean, yeah. we don't really know. <laughs> when? Yeah. Like, how long? Like, what does it take? But, and it's not because of, it's not one of those things where, oh, I don't want to use my platform political. This, that, this is nothing political based. It's black people getting killed by the, by the police in the U.S. What are we doing as a, as, as a, as a, if you're a Christian church, why are we not talking about it? Why are churches not talking about it? It seems like it's like a taboo subject. I think that is what is it? What is um, it makes everybody uncomfortable, and you know they're like, oh, we don't want to scare everybody away. I think, but who will scare who away? The black people? No, that, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> I think you know, um, I think it's a problem with if we're talking about race black and white pastors I think that's it this is just my thoughts I can't speak from the perspective of a white pastor but I'm pretty sure that's not the easiest topic for them to talk about and you know you know they start thinking about maybe the racial issues they have and then oh how's it gonna affect the congregation which I think it it's gonna shake some stuff up which it should I think they're afraid of it and then even on the other side if maybe it's a black pastor that's handling it, maybe it's afraid that it's going to shake up things. But at the end of the day, stuff needs to be shaken up. Yeah. Ooh, it's, a, it's a tough conversation. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, I really don't know why. Because if you think about it, like, I think we got we got a lot really caught up in the American gospel, you know, and what that looks like. Uh, but I feel like we talked about it initially once George Floyd died, and then we kind of stopped talking yeah. about it. We kind of got back to this the the usual topics and subjects. But this is something that is a still ongoing situation, and I think that. There needs to be so much more light brought to it. I, I, I'm waiting for the pastor who like decides to step up and just creates a whole series out of this. Yeah. Just like racism, focusing on the ins mm -hmm. and out, where it comes from, how it stems from people's childhoods, how it's being taught, and just kind of breaking it down because I think that creating a whole series on that would just be like Pastor Mike Todd creating a series on pornography mm -hmm. sexual sins mm -hmm. it'd be that groundbreaking because nobody as of right now has stepped up to to really dive deep into that so i i, I whenever that happens like i can't wait because that's gonna be so good so there is there is, I'm gonna name just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name a few names that no one tends to want to hear or no one hears because of media. Um, so we all know George, George Floyd. We yeah, know yeah. that's one of the latest ones. Um, hometown native of Houston. He lived in Minnesota. 
this happened recently, 2020. And it's just some, some of the things that we know of. So, um, he was killed because allegedly he tried to use a counterfeit $20 bill. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. Um, the action was taken off where officers involved were fired. Um, we're shoving his face and, um, they're currently being, um, charged with manslaughter, second degree murder. Brianna Taylor, who was just 26 years old. 26. That was our age. Yeah. She yeah. was asleep at home in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, they were sleeping when three plainclothes officers literally arrived in the apartment, executed a search warrant in a drug case, supposedly. They believed it was a break-in, and Walker called 911. He fired his licensed firearm, which he was he was carrying a license to have a firearm. Taylor, who was unarmed, she was shot eight times. The eight officers times. involved Sorry. in the incident were reassigned um, to death duty. Eight times. Uh, we have uh, Tana Jefferson. She was 28 years old. 2019, Miami, Florida. She was literally staying at our house. Um, a police officer shot and killed Jefferson through the window of her home in the presence of her eight-year-old nephew. Mm, I heard about police that. were responding to a call from a neighbor who reported that Jefferson's front door had been left open. They just walked in and shot. The officer in charge of that got death duty. And he was later indicted for murder charges, still pending investigation. Aurora Rozier, who's 40 years old, 2014, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Literally sitting in her house. They call the police. Uh, Victor Stevens calls 911 to ask the police to escort her out of the house because of an altercation. The police arrived there, into the home. Um, Rosier, she was holding a knife and refused to drop it. Instead of them using a taser, they just fired a single shot that killed her. Stephen Clark, 22, Sacramento. Uh, Botham Jean, 26. This is something very hit close to home in 2018. Dallas, Texas. You sitting on the sofa at home eating some ice cream. Bluebell, probably. Off-duty officer walked in. She shot him. Said that, oh, she thought she entered the right of her right apartment and she entered the wrong apartment. Yeah. Uh, the officer was found guilty of murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. The maximum sentence available was 99 years. Prosecutors had asked that she be sentenced to 28 years, uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, then we have... Uh, Philando Castilla, 32, another one, Minnesota. Same thing. Alden Sterling, 37, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Got killed because he was selling CDs and DVDs outside of a convenience store. Michelle uh, Cusinex, 50 years old, sitting at home in Phoenix, Arizona. They walked into her house, shot her because they thought that she was, um, could have been in a, a, a um, drug exchange going on. And they also say they were trying to serve her uh, warrant. Freddie Gray, 2015, Baltimore, Maryland. He was in a police van. Police van, but they pulled him out of a police van. He was dead. Uh, um, Tanasha uh, Fonville, 20 years old, sitting at the end of the house, Charlotte, North Carolina. Same thing, police officers. Eric Garner, who was 43, same thing. He was allegedly selling cigarettes, loose cigarettes. Police shot him. Um, and then we also have the last one is um, AK Gurley. She's 28 years old in New York, walking down the stairs in the building where he lived. Police officer um, and his partner were conducting a vertical patrol in the housing project. That officer leaned into a unit stairwell, fired his weapon. The bullet bounced off a wall and killed Gurley. No apparent reason. So with that being said, 
and that's just the name, just a few. Um, it frustrates me when no one says anything. And when I say no one says anything, I mean, the church doesn't say anything. Um, we don't say it enough. We only say it when it, we feel like it's a popular thing and we want to have people come in and talk about stuff when we feel like it's like a popular thing or everybody else is doing it. But from a consistency standpoint or trying to make a difference or trying to reach out to your community, we're not doing any of that. We're just like, oh man, that's another one. I'll give you an example. Stephen A. Smith, uh, we all know Stephen A. Smith. You, if you watch sports, dude, yeah, you know that kid. Yeah. He's very animated. You know him. Said he got pulled over by a cop. Eight-year-old daughter's in the backseat of, of the car. He lets all four windows down, his, mm-hmm. as I've always do, because they teach you. My mom always told me, right. you in the car, let all four windows down. Yep. I let all four windows down. Cop walks up and says, uh, you were, you, you didn't stop. He's like, I stopped. I didn't, whatever did I do. Um, license registration, please. He said, he proceeded to hand it to him. And he said, ask the officer, um, is there, what did I do? The officer began to get very loud, yelling his voice, putting his hand on his gun, getting ready to pull it. Um, another officer pulls up, walks up to the car, knows who is inside of it, grabs him and kind of whispers like, that's who this is, Stephen A. Smith. They let him go. The officer's like, you lucky? Bye. Go. So he's like, just imagine if, I, if that officer didn't pull up. What could have happened? Could have gotten killed, something, whatever could have happened. So it's like, why don't we put a high price on black lives? Honestly, I don't know. But say is this that you know churches you have to step up you've got black people in your congregation in your community and you know you take we serve yeah um, we serve yeah and you've got we when um, a few weeks ago I said it was kind of like all the churches were on the racial trend Mm -hmm. every church was talking about race for maybe one or two weeks maybe three weeks at the most and then you know back to business the same thing and you know, to all the churches and leaders out there, you got to think, you know, you have somebody, a black person in your congregation that dies. You're going to have to think about how much did I really do mm-hmm. to help the cause? And if you know, if he, if God forbid something happened, but if something happens to that person, you said you did everything that you could possibly do, then you know, more power to you keep doing you're doing but to all the churches and the other church leaders that you know you haven't done how are you going to handle that so to the person that's out there listening and it's to you know you guys answer this and please help enlighten me on it because I'm a little confused okay so for the person that's out there that says hey I'm I'm a black person and guy girl and what can what difference can I make in my church what can I do to make a difference? Pastor Wonderful ain't talking about it. Not making a, 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 it's not being, it's more like it's trying to be very just quiet about it. What can I do in my community, in my church to make a difference or bring awareness about it or educate people? Honestly, it just starts with speaking up and saying something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, why are we not speaking up? I feel added. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because what does it what does it have to take for it to hit home? Does it have to take someone that you know, a best friend, a brother, sister, cousin, an uncle, somebody close, somebody that's very close to you? What is it, what, what would it take for it to hit really home to where you're like, you know what? This 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 does, man. This, this sucks. Like, what does it take? Like, what is it? Because it seems like not everybody. There's some people who just who are just going through the motions. Because I can I, I can say if something was to happen to a, a person that that's non-black, a white person, whatever, people will go ham, all out, yeah, full man. force. We pull out the army, the navy, the marines, the coast guards, the reserves. But why is it as? people of color we don't make yeah we're making noise but in the church where we're supposed to come to the forefront and show people what this is supposed to look like we're having like church as usual like COVID ain't happening you know nothing ain't happening out in the world everything's just good we're just waiting for the new president to be in place hmm. or the one be reelected why is that I think you've run as a church I think COVID is especially different I think with like a lot of churches have already lost yeah how many members 30% I think yeah and I think that's at the forefront of a lot of their minds like okay we don't want to lose more people and I think potentially focusing on something like that can cause those people that still feel that what they're saying and their beliefs are right, but still going to church, like those people will surely leave mm-hmm. if that topic is brought up. And as a church, are you losing 30%? Like, no, you're not trying to lose more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see that maybe being a reason why that's not really addressed like that. Um, it, it's a tough. Like I feel like, yeah, that's a tough subject, man. Like, does it make does it make you feel comfortable uncomfortable when somebody asks you about black stuff, racism stuff? You don't really have a lot of people asking. I don't have a lot of people asking that for some reason. Like, I don't think I've ever really got asked that at the church. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know, KJ, you have, but it's it's a nah. topic that we don't really. Nobody's intentionally sinking to be like, like, how are you doing during mm-hmm. all this? Yeah. Like, I think probably only one couple asked me, and that was mm-hmm. pretty much it. Yeah. I have one friend, she asked me how I was doing through all this. Yeah. That's it. One. Like, it's like, obviously, like, we're some of the only black people yeah that go to our church like black males yeah because we don't have a lot of black females that go to our church we we have a lot of black males mm-hmm. and I just can't even when it happened like I think it was only that couple that asked me how, how I was doing or how I felt about it when I really think about it, 
That's tough. Because I know if it was their their brothers and sisters. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, of course. Yeah. But like, if it was that if that person's race and they were getting profiled in that manner, like I know that's something that I would just make sure, like, how are you feeling? Knowing that somebody of your color got publicly executed. Multiple times. It, like it happens every few weeks, it seems like. And it's just like it's just, We we talk about we're a church of the people. We're a church. We talk about small groups. We talk about how we're all we're all a community. But like how how does this how do these situations keep happening and you're not checking on the very few people that are in your community that are possibly like afraid for their lives sometimes mm-hmm. like I hate to be a storyteller but go I'll, for it I'll no this quick I remember being 19 years old. It was four of my black friends. And we were, we were young. We were partied and stuff like that. We would go to clubs. But we went to this one club. Had a good time. Yada, yada, yada. My friend has is driving his mom's white Nissan. And it's, it's a huge SUV. And so we're leaving. We're driving. All of a sudden, we see cop lights. So we're like, okay, like we're getting pulled over. <laughs> we haven't been drinking or anything yeah. like that, so we're yeah. good. But it's for black people. But at that time, it wasn't really like, oh, like we should be really concerned. So we we pull over. It's that one car. Three or four more show up behind us. We're sitting in the car, and we literally see all these lights, and we literally turn our head back. And there's literally guns pointed at the car. Wow. And, and, and keep in mind, these are four 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old black kids that are in one car. They're a white SUV. So they come up. They're yelling at us to keep our, keep our heads forward, keep straight, yada, yada, yada. And they're approaching the car with their, with their arms raised. And so they finally get to the car. It's like, what are y'all doing? Like, where have y'all been? And there's like one black cop amongst all the three or four. So then we start we start talking to the black cop. And basically they pull us all out the car. They put us all in handcuffs. They sit us on the side of the road. And basically they're at their interior and they're asking each one of us questions. And so we were talking to the black cop. And I think he was the only one that really was willing to be open mm-hmm. about what was really going on. Mm-hmm. Turns out, like, there had been a robbery that matched to the same description as the car that we were driving. Mm. But I can't remember ever feeling fear like that mm-hmm. as a young kid. You don't forget things like that. You don't forget having guns pointed at you. You don't forget being pulled out to the side and being handcuffed, like, aggressively and not knowing 
what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Thank God none of us were hurt, but it's just like, I can't remember, I can't think of too many situations where a white, four white men, four white men in the same car are getting treated, got, have gotten treated that same, that, wow. that same way. Wow. You don't forget things like that. Wow. Yeah, no, you know, I remember we were, uh, we were, it was my mom, my dad, my two younger siblings, and we were traveling through a small state in Mississippi. Um, we had, we were going through from Florida through Mississippi, traveling through, and uh, we had some small podunk town sheriff pull us over and literally, you know, my dad was like, okay, well, what do you pull us over for? And he was like, well, routine traffic stop, yada, yada, whatever. Another police officer pulls up, the canine unit, he brings out, like he's going to get, get his get the dogs and all that kind of stuff. My dad's looking like, okay, what are y'all doing? Because <laughs> me and my kids are sitting, we're leaving, like, we're, we're, like we're, we're not mules, like carrying drugs. What? And that was for me, that was one of the most scariest moments as a kid. You're freaking out because you're trying to figure out, okay, like, Wait, what's going on broad daylight? You're trying to figure out, okay, like, try to make sense of it all. And now I, I, I fast forward to from then to now, and I have two nephews, one on the way. And it's one of those things of when you have your nephew, you know, as he gets older, explain to him, you can't do this. You can't do this. I know you can't do this because of this and when they don't understand it it's like why and I think Doc Rivers said it so eloquently and just he just said it so great I challenge everyone to pull it up so Doc Rivers said it he said this so perfectly he says why is it that we as black people we work hard we, we do like everybody else does we sow so much into this country and love this country but in turn this country doesn't love us back but back we do just like everybody else does of, 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 of other races I'm no different from you yeah I have maybe more melanin in me and you know and I don't know why would you be jealous of me having more more of me than you know you not having it but I do everything that you do but this country, in turn, doesn't. And I think he had a point because there's no, there's so much you can do after protesting. Um, and the people in in in, in Wisconsin, um, it kind of blew me away. <laughs> they literally set the whole correctional facility on fire to the ground. And on one of the bricks, spray painted it. Will you wake up now? <laughs> Literally. And it's one of those things where it's kind of like we, it feels like we're going through the motions and it's like there's no sense of urgency. And I think it's from more from, I look at it from, you know, I had a, a friend message me on Instagram and he's like, what's your people going to do about it? And I'm like, what are you talking about my people? You're a Christian, right? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, call it up, call us said, out, call us out. He said, so what are y'all gonna do about it? 
I said, uh, this man here. He says, yeah, what are y'all going to do about it? He said, because y'all y'all don't y'all don't understand. I said, wait, don't say y'all. <laughs> For you people. Yeah. He, he says, you guys don't understand that people that are not of your religion are watching y'all. We're watching y'all. He said, because y'all say y'all got this, and y'all got this, and y'all got yeah, the best this. People. Y'all love people, and we all this and that. Okay, but we don't see it. So w- what is it? I'm like, you got a good point. And I couldn't, I had nothing to say. You you can't, you can't come up with anything to say with that. It's just like, yeah, I I get it. And I had somebody, one of my friends was like, hey, and he told me this and it made me very frustrated. And we talked about this like four or five episodes ago. He said that he was very upset. And I said, talk to me why you're upset. And he said, because the girl that I was, we were headed that way to get into a relationship, yada, yada. We hung out a lot. And I could see when I asked her, hey, I wanted you, you know, I want us to take things further, whatever. She was like, no. And he was like, well, why? She was like, because I'm afraid I might lose you. And I can't go through that. Mm. So he's like, I got to suffer for something that, that, that ain't nothing to do with me. And she said, I, I'm not, I can't do it because I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. That's tough. That's tough. And he was like, what do you say to that? Like, what what can I, what can I do? And I'm like, can't, you can't really say anything. I don't, I don't know, man. She feels the way I mean, that's feels. fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's sad. But why is it that? Like, you got people who are struggling through relationships or, or, Try to take things to the next level, whatever that looks like, and they can't because the person of the opposite sex is afraid. And it's not just black men; it, there's black women that are dying out there too, and they don't want to take it any further because they're like, eh, I don't, I don't really know if I can really do that because I don't want to get too far into it, and I'm invested, and you're gone. It's crazy how it's just like that's that's a new dynamic to dating that isn't. I've never heard it before. Like you think about that being a thing, like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, don't yell at me, please. <laughs> I'm trying my best, uh, but that's just different. Like I never, I never thought it would come to something like that. It's like dating criteria. Normally, it's like, oh, like your know, finance is not right, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yada yada. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you possibly might lose your life to the police. So. That's trauma I don't want to go through. Yeah, I had a friend. She she's uh she's a businesswoman. She's mid twenties, and she said that I, I I can't date someone of the opposite race. That's 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 a person that she's I'm be honest is of color because I'm fearful of that. I don't. I'm no, I can't do it. And so I, I get it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But that's basically the criteria now. It's just like, I can't. I don't know if I'm going to go on a date you because I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Oh. <laughs> and so that's one of the biggest things that I think that as a church, as Christians, you don't have to have a platform. I think it's just creating a lot of awareness around it and not being afraid to talk about it and using your platform. Um, and, and, and for me, I use my social media now 
as just bring a ton of, of, of awareness around stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm turning a blind eye to, to things and I'm not talking about it, then you know I'm doing myself a disservice because I'm not saying me what I'm doing is going to make a, a huge change in the world, but it can add something. And it's just bringing an awareness to people. Hey, things are not getting better. They're getting worse. And my favorite phrase is, uh, it's really, this is America. This is how America is now. America. Yeah. It's how it is. Like, I think about, have y'all seen the movie Glory? Yeah. It's an older one with Denzel. Can you hear me, KJ? Yeah, you're, okay. you're good. But... It's, it's just funny because it's just about black men fighting and I think it was, was it the, what war was it? I don't remember exactly what war, but at the same time, like as black men, even back then, we fought, we, we bled, we died for our country, but never got to enjoy the rights that everybody else did. I think that's so powerful. Like we laid our lives down for a country that doesn't even love us, doesn't even think of us as an equal, doesn't allow us to enjoy the same rights. Like, if that doesn't tell you something has been systematically wrong, then what else? What person do you think right now has been making some changes and bringing um, bringing awareness to what's going on right now? Okay. LeBron always is always good with that. Okay. What about, what about from a music standpoint? Anybody in the music industry that you think is making waves? Okay, you know more about him. Let's say Toby. Yeah. Toby. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He's blatant, blunt, honest. Like you say, you don't sugarcoat anything. Yeah. R.I.P. You know, literally, he'll be talking about something and then just out of nowhere, oh yeah, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Chat with Bozeman on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a topic, huh? Mm-hmm. Down the line or now? He's up. He's coming up. He's up. Okay. He's up. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tough one for me, man. Really? I'm not going to lie to you. Because I, yeah. I love superheroes. And how was it tough? What made it tough for you? His death for me. Like it was, it was sad, but it was beautiful. Like the fact that we didn't even know this man had cancer for four years, and spread so much joy and love to people. Like he had this quote on Facebook mm-hmm. that said, "I'm gonna pull it up because it's like I don't want to like slander it because mm-hmm. it's so good." When I stand before God at the end of my life, I will hope that I will have will not have a single bit of talent left. It could say I used everything you gave me. Wow. That one almost brings me to tears. I'm trying to hold it back. Wow. But like, because you think how God used this man's life to bring awareness to just just bring black love back. Mm-hmm. Like, this man had freaking cancer. Mm-hmm. Filmed Black Panther. Mm-hmm. This man played Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. Thurgood Marshall. God lit, God used this man's life 
to bring awareness and love to black culture. Mm-hmm. That was that that was his mm-hmm. that was his purpose. That was his life's mission. That was what God put Chadwick Boseman on this earth to do, is to bring awareness and love to black culture. Mm-hmm. And he did that to mm-hmm. every extent. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like I say, like his death, his death was sad because like I, I looked up to Chadwick, man. Yeah. Like he was so I can't think of anything wrong I could say with that man. Like he just showed so much love and he was just he was just so cool. Yeah. And he just made being a black man cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. he was just so dope and just <laughs> made Black Panther cool and yeah. oh but but it was sad, but like I mean it was just it was just so inspiring. Like, yeah. I I choose to live my life the same way that Chad would live these yeah. next four years. Yeah. Think about it from this standpoint. The people that knew about his stuff kept it a secret. Wow. Where are you? So, I said it to say, who's in your corner? That <laughs> 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 you know, that hey, you know, they, they, they ain't saying nothing. They say, hey, you know what? We got you, bro. We got you. We support you. We here for you. Keep doing what you do. Keep doing what you're doing. And, and and they don't say anything about it. Just say, keep going. And there were some people who, who made fun of him because they're like, oh, he looking skinny. What's wrong with him? Oh, sick. And and all of that stuff. And not knowing whatever. He never said anything about it. He never complained about anything. He kept it chill and kept doing what he did and kept delivering top-notch movie. My number one movie is Passion of the Christ. My number two movie is Black Panther of all yeah, time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yes. Th- those those are my only two favorite movies. I can watch that movie so many times. <laughs> Go watch it tonight. <laughs> so, so many times because it's like what you said, and he said it when he won the awards. Our goal was to bring black back because too many times we've gone to the point where we've been faded in the background or we want to we don't get these roles that are cast it's like ah, oh, well we'll give you this or you know, you're good for this role and not having somebody who's in a predominantly big huge position and i'll give you an example there's a guy named his name is rob katz and when i see people of color or minorities that are making huge impacts I have to reach out to him. I'm like, listen, I don't want nothing from you, but keep keep going because you inspire me. Right, right. Because you're inspire, you are in, 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 you're inspiring me. Keep doing what you're doing. Show your stuff. Show you know, hey, I'm pushing towards this. And I think it's one of those things where black people have to understand that you you have just as much rights as anybody else in this country to do to take advantage of whatever in a good way. Whatever that that presents itself, you can go after it. You don't have to take a back seat to anything and live your life as if it's your last day. Like what? Because I think right now we get to a point. And it's just for anybody. We get to a point where we're just like, I won't do it today. I got tomorrow. I, I'll <laughs> knock it out tomorrow. This, yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I, I'll do that tomorrow. You know, I didn't hit that set. Today, I'll, I'll, I'll hit it tomorrow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Right. I, I was supposed to hit the four-mile run, and I only did two. I'll, I'll add that extra. And there's no sense of urgency, and that's with anything in life. And I think 
what touched me the most with Chadwick Boseman was he was just so smooth. Ooh, <laughs> smoothest. And yeah. if you listen to his his speech that he gave to the students, it was so smooth and inspiring. And it made you really think, where are you, where am I at in my walk with everything that I'm doing? Am I making an impact? Yes. And that's where I know we all have different adventures that we're doing. And it's one of those things of you know, are we making impacts not only just among the in the world and in our area, but are we also making impacts among our in our culture? Because mm. I think our culture needs strong black men to show themselves. And I think that's a problem today because it's one of those things where the, the stigma of a black male is jail, jail, jail. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing else. It's not doctor, lawyer, president. It's. Mm. And I think at, at KJ, both of you guys can attest to this. If you, as a black male, if you are in none of those and you're on the and you're on the straight path and you're just you're just doing what you're doing you can kind of be classified oh you're, you're being a little bit too white yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like okay what do you want from me yeah, like, yeah. it's like what is white what is white <laughs> like, wait what qualified you talk to proper exactly it's English I would being an Oreo exactly yeah. exactly or I'm, I'm more of a black person than you are bro no what what <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, and I, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, is just like, why is that? Like, why is that? Here, wait. Here's my thing. Why? Why is it? Why is it that black people hold grudges against black people? Hey, do you even spoken? <laughs> yeah, you've been very quiet over there, bro. You thinking? Yeah. Why do black people hold grudges against other black people? I'll take it a step further. Why do Christians that we label ourselves as Christians because the Bible talks about you should know them by their fruit, okay? So we say that we're a Christian. That's our label, okay? So why do we hold grudges against people? Especially of the same color. With all that's going on, and I'm not saying, oh, it's all because there's a lot of stuff going on, but with all that's going on in the world right now, KJ, and as a Christian, as a Christian... Why do Christians hold grudges against each other? Why is that? I think, you know, we're talking Christians and black Christians. I think a lot of times we forget that's who we are, that we're black and we're Christians. And we just think we're, that we are people. Um, when we get into these situations, we forget like, hey, you know, this person could be dead any moment. Maybe we shouldn't be so hard at each other. We're just thinking, oh, I'm mad. Um, I'm gonna stay mad. You forget that, hey, he, that person's going through the same struggle mm-hmm. as you. Because I guess sometimes we just forget who we are, and it's just like the flesh. Mm. So, how do we fix that? Wake up, remember who we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, next time, especially next time you're dealing with another black person, be like, okay, yeah, maybe this person did me wrong, but I also know that. They're struggling right side with me. So instead of 
you know, having beef with each other. Let's figure out a way to work it out and raise each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we just really just got to start start being Christians. Yeah. The actual definition of a Christian. I think we we use the word but we don't we don't use it in the right context. Mm-hmm. Like love God, love people. Mm-hmm. And I think it really can come down to as simple as that if we choose it to be. Wow. Love people. Doesn't say love just the people of your opposite race. Wow. Doesn't say just love wow. the same color. It says love people. That's how, that's how I live. I, I thank God for parents who didn't raise me to hate yeah. different races. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thank God for that. And you you love your you 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 love your own people especially. Yeah. Like I don't want ah we may joke about it and stuff like that, but like there should be no reason that you're not loving your own people. Yeah. Your own black people. It's just like, or whatever, whatever race, but like you, as black people especially, like you love your own people because we already go through enough. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason for us to just be adding insult to injury. Exactly. But I think just keep it simple. Love people, no matter what color they are. I. I might be, I might get flogged for this, but. <laughs> we keep it real. I have a white friend that that came out it's talking about his past and came out and he came out and he said man like I used to be a racist mm. that was tough cause you see who the person who they are now and you love them completely cause like of who they are now mm. And it's hard to fathom the fact that in their past that they didn't like me <laughs> at all. But regardless, you love people. Regardless of that person's past, like not only is he not there anymore, that he's come to awareness of what he's done wrong, but despite the circumstances, despite what anybody says to you, you still love people anyway. You use wisdom, of course, but... All right. You 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 do what you do, you know. So anyway, wow, oh, for sure. So, with that being said, where these lighter subjects at? <laughs> <laughs> so that with with that being said, so you know we talked about the whole the race, the color, and the relationship piece with how that looks, and then we also talked about how. Um, church, the church life. Where are they at, and are we are we coming to the forefront? Which I mean, it, I mean, has to be determined for that. Um, but and I think you you mentioned the scripture in Corinthians, right? Second Corinthians, yeah. yeah. So, in in light of that same thing. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the English version says, love is patient, it's kind, 
It's never jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. Love isn't selfish or quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrong that others do. So whatever happens, let it go. Because here's the thing. God doesn't keep records of you. Because if he did, then Lord have mercy. Ooh. Love rejoices Ooh. in the truth, but not in evil. Love is always supportive, no matter what. Love is ho- loyal. Love is hopeful and trusting. Don't tell me you love me. And you don't. You don't. You don't. You're not loyal and you don't trust me. Love never fails. Everyone who prophesies will stop, and unknown languages will no longer be spoken. All that we know will be forgotten. And I think when I listen, when I read that, read that passage of verse and you think about, you apply apply it to your life and everything that's going on right now and in general, it makes you stop and really think the people around you and in your corner. And I can add that on to the whole Chadwick Boseman thing. People in this corner, they love this dude so much. They didn't, there was nothing leaked out. They really Nothing. Love, oh my period. gosh. Because they they had they were like, I got you. Don't worry about it, bro. We got you. And I think that's the biggest thing that if you anybody out there right now listening, if you have any type of grudges or you're holding or or content or anything against someone, please let that go. Because you do yourself a disservice and a disjustice. And especially if you say you're a Christian, because you block whatever God has for you. If you're trying to get booed up and get a husband and all that kind of stuff, that ain't going to happen because you still have envy, hate against your brother. And the Bible talks about, I ain't in that. Bible said that you can't, like, I can't forgive you if you can't forgive other people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how, how can you say, hey, you know, I love this. And you you can't portray one thing, but you're doing another. Oh yeah, it's okay. Because that's hypocritical. It's oh, I love you, brother, but you have you find fault against me. And even like your your family, the people closest to you, those who your family has the biggest impact on you. So if you're holding grudges against your family, like you literally are. You're doing yourself a just major disservice. I tell you, my my dad had surgery this past Tuesday, and he had eye surgery. But it turns out that he also has congestive heart failure. Wow! And my dad's only fifty six years old. Oh wow! And I was so, I was so scared that I was gonna lose my dad. But what's funny is that I always had, my whole life until now, I always blamed my dad for everything that, everything that was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Whole grudges against him for not being the dad that I always wanted him to be. But at that moment, that he was just in the hospital, and I was talking with his wife. And just thinking that I could lose my dad, none of that mattered. And I instantly just prayed. I was like, Lord, just forgive me for not forgiving him. Mm. 
and just like mm. just forgive me for not forgiving him and just like I just want my dad to make it through this so that I can just tell him I love him and just spend time with him wow and thank God like <laughs> it's okay for the time being but like I don't know what could happen. Mm-hmm. You hear stories of anything happening, like people like being fine and coming mm-hmm. out of the hospital and going right back. Mm-hmm. So I said, Lord, like I have to forgive him and I have to move forward and I have to let go of this grudge because I don't want to be in the position, God forbid, anything happen, but I don't want to be in a position where I'm regretting not forgiving him. Mm. So mm. you 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 lose any grudge that you have against your family members or anybody because you just you don't want to be put in that situation. You don't. Mm. Ephesians 4 31 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I want you to be kind to one another. I want you to be have a tender heart. Forgive one another as God, my son, has forgiven you. And I think to your standpoint, when you were talking that, you were saying that there's going to (laughs) be, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of different faces in heaven that we're not going to recognize because a lot of people think what they think is okay. I can still hold this drug because I'm in my feelings and I'm working through this and this is just me. We need to drop that because with all that's going on in this world right now, turmoil, strife, hurricanes, think about it. This is probably the worst that it's ever been. And people are like, people are like, man, I'm just closing the book on 2020. I'm just waiting for 2021 to hit. But think about it. There's so much stuff that's happened. And if you go through 2020 and not learn anything, Ooh, waste of season. Exactly. Because we talked about it last week on the last podcast is one, God doesn't, he never wastes a season. Mm -hmm. He never wastes a battle. Mm -hmm. If you refuse to learn from it, you can forget about trying to close 2020 and go to 2021 because he's like, you didn't learn. So you know what? I'm going to roll it right on to 2021. And think about it from the children of Israel. They walked around that same piece for 40 years. Cause they didn't get it <laughs> to all of them, it. until all of them died off. And I think it's important and it's key that you got to let stuff go and you got to learn to, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I may, I'm, it's not me. And yeah, you may be the person that was wrong, but I'm going to be the bigger man, mm-hmm. the bigger woman say, you know what? I forgive you because there's power in forgiveness. There's there's major power in forgiveness, and it's not easy to forgive people. It really isn't. It's not. It is even if you know, like, hey, I ain't done nothing to these people. Like, <laughs> I've been doing me and Jesus, and we've been good. But yeah, I messed up. Like, I I need to, and it's it's hard to it's hard not to for it's hard sometimes to not to forgive people because we let our flesh get in the way, and it it's the flesh and the pride. I, like I encourage like 
anybody who's listening to this, it's like just to even just to open your ears to this. Like, have you ever thought about the same the same healing you want in your life, the same sickness you're trying to overcome, the same battle you're trying to overcome, the same miracle that you're waiting for? Have you ever think that you're hitting yourself by holding on to the grudge wow. and malice in your heart? Wow. Like God's asking for obedience out of you by letting that go. And that very same hate that you're holding wow. is affecting you. Wow. Like it, it sometimes it's it's wow. it, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. <laughs> it really is for you. It's for your healing. It's for you can't really <laughs> Like a lot of times we want to be like, I want this person to know that I forgave them, that they hurt me, that I want them to know how much they hurt me, but I still try to forgive. I forgive this person anyway. No, you're not. That's pettiness. Mm -hmm. That's not forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's pettiness. Mm. Forgiveness is for your healing. Mm. It is completely for your Mm. healing. And like you want this miracle to happen in your life, but you're the same person that's hindering yourself. Mm. Oh, mm. so <laughs> and, and I only say this is I only say this because this is the, the lesson that I learned. Yeah, it's not. I'm just saying it just because. You no, know, like I listen. I have to learn the hard way. So I'm just saying it just to say it. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing is we can't we can't. Oh. We gotta let go of the grudges, and, and and I think when we do that, one is is so freeing. Two that opens up the door for things to happen because God can't give you something that He knows you ain't ready for. Because He's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go and block this real quick. And you know the funny thing is, it we always let it, we we give we we give the devil so much credit. Mm. <laughs> ain't nothing but the devil keeping mm. me from getting my man. No, you. <laughs> it's you, boo. You. It's you. Exactly. Same thing, guys. You know, nah. You know, there ain't no good women out there. Nah, maybe because you guys like nah. You ain't ready for it, bro. And I think that's the biggest thing is because we've held on to past things that has happened in the past from past relationships or past things that family members done or friendships or whatever they've done against us, and we haven't learned to. One to forgive because once you forgive, healing is able to set come into place. Because healing can't come into place when there's no forget when you have not forgiven that person. Forgiveness is free. It's a key. It opens the door for healing to come through. But if you still got a bunch of hate and you holding grudges, then keep holding it. Because my my one of my favorite mentors always said this. He says, "Why give the key to somebody to live in your head when they're not even paying rent? You live rent free." Brother Wonderful over here just doing his own thing. He 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 living for God, and you still hold on to something that happened thirty days ago. Exes, <laughs> y'all know y'all got some exes out there that y'all still yeah. hold on to. Yeah, living free in your head. Yeah, and they living it. Yeah, I wonder what he doing. Hi. <laughs> See, he he missed he 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 don't know what he missed. Oh, I'm sure he does. But you gotta understand, is, is it? Are you really? Are you up? Are we upset because of, hey, I, I wish this happened, or are we like, you know what, God? And you don't even have to call him up. 
Let them know I'm gonna let him know. I'm gonna let her mm-hmm. know, or or just my friend know. I'm gonna forgive him. We don't talk anymore, man. No, just say God, I release this. I forgive this person and keep moving forward. Keep pushing. Now, if God tells you to, then go by, by all means do it. But I think you get you gotta make sure you stay focused on it because here's the thing. Like I said earlier, God's not gonna give you something He knows you can't. You ain't ready for. Simple as that. Whether it's a job, whether it's whatever it is, hey God, whatever it is that I'm not aware of that I any past grudges or unforgiveness I, I, I didn't I didn't forgive someone for I asked for forgiveness and yeah. God will handle the rest and I think we got to be comfortable with doing that and drop a pride because if we don't I really honestly do believe and it's biblical based mm-hmm. if you hold a grudge or unforgiveness in your heart to someone you can forget about making it happen mm. Mm. you can't <laughs> It goes again. I don't care you. I don't care you've been. Hey, I've been a Christian for fifty years. If you hold a grudge in your heart against someone, or unforgiveness in your heart against someone, you cannot make it into heaven. That's biblical. Yeah. Just get get rid of the get rid of the rejection that's keeping you from forgiveness. Exactly. A lot of times we've felt rejection from those people, even to the people that's closest to us. And that rejection keep that rejection keeps us from forgiving that. Get rid of it. Why? Why? Why don't? Why? Why do we hold on to rejection? I think rejection allows the enemy. I think rejection gives permission to the enemy to tell us that we're not good enough. And we hold on to that, and we believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. That's the worst part about it. Mm-hmm. Like I think, as with rejection, you can't you can't identify yourself with mm-hmm. that. Like people are always going to tell you who you're not. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're the only person that can, that can control who you are. Wow. You don't let people tell you. You don't let people tell that you're not good enough, that you can't do this, that you can't start this business, that this is not possible. First of all, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> yeah. So that trumps whatever they said. I knew that that was out of the way. Yeah. With God, all things are possible, but also they're saying it's impossible until somebody does it. Mm-hmm. And then when you do it, now all of a sudden it's possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't let that yeah. rejection seep in because that rejection is really going to stop you yeah. from the promise that God has for your wow. life. Wow. You cut it off right there. Wow. Sometimes forgiveness, you don't even need that yeah. person because you don't let that rejection seep into you. Yeah. yeah. I think, Kate, you said it best last week. You said something about like sometimes we like to hold on to because it, it just feels comfortable. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> like, like it's a, it, just, it just feels comfortable. Like, it's what I know. I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit more like a teddy bear. <laughs> right. And it's. It's one of those things where you got to figure out, okay, how do I shift through that? And if you don't know how that looks, get with somebody who is strong in that and say, hey, walk me through. What does this look like so I can understand going forward and I won't make these decisions and these mistakes again? Just putting that blanket over it. Yeah. that's, That's tough. Yeah. It can definitely be very, very tough. So with that being said, Coming down, coming down home stretch. Just so, what's what's been on your mind, KJ, for the last five or six days? What are some things that have been on your mind that you've been, you know, hey, it's been on your heart that you feel like, hey, I need to share with people, and and it could be, hey, you want to drop 
some you know some words of wisdom or whatever that case is. I'm on with the metaphor, I know it's there. <laughs> yeah. I know it's yeah. there, KJ. So what like what are some things that have been on your on your on your? And I know a lot of people say they love this 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 portion of it because <laughs> they're like we want to know. So like what are some things that have been on your mind or guys been talking to you? It's been showing you some things um, in the in this season right now. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I don't have any metaphors for, for today. <laughs> people need I'm the on, metaphors, I'm on metaphor bro. out. <laughs> but no, um, one of the things that God has really shown me lately is that, you know, some a lot of times we tend to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And usually when we have that plan, you might as well just throw it out the window. Oh, wow. Because yeah. it's not, it doesn't line up with God's plan. And, you think um hey, we yeah. bring that Drake thing yeah, back again? Go. God, that was God's last. Plan. God's plan. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, I'm right. saying not the best. Yeah. Come on, throw it in the spirit. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, just be open, and you know, it's good to have a plan, but um, always just realize that at the end of the day, God's plan is. The road you're supposed to take, you know, hopefully your plan lines up with his. But if it doesn't, don't question why mm-hmm. or is everything going sour. Mm. God direct your footsteps. Man. Yeah, yeah. What was the song say? Order my steps. Yeah, order my steps in your word. Please. Yeah. <laughs> That's old school. Order that is steps. old school. If I could sing, I'd start singing. <laughs> yeah, that and then uh, just back to the whole forgiveness piece, you know, maybe racism, COVID, whatever, people are losing their lives. Um, you never know when that person's last day is. And you got to think, if that person died today, or even if I died today, how would how would you feel knowing the last interaction you had with that person wow you know that person died can you say okay yeah we did everything we need to or are you like dang there's so much between us and we didn't even try to figure it out wow yeah you know we're we're called to love each other um what is it yeah um so yeah we were talking about this but before we start recording second corinthians 13 verse 11 finally brothers and sisters rejoice Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another to be one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Wow. We're you know we're called to love everybody and have peace with everybody. So that means everybody. Even you know you might have that somebody that did something horrible to you. Maybe there's a rapist or somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe the rapist is in your family. You know, it's hard to forgive people like that. And that's understandable. But at the end of the day, you still have to forgive and love them. You know, you like you said, John, we got to use wisdom. So, you know, if that, you know, as crazy as it sounds, if you got that rapist next door, if they need a cup of sugar, let them borrow that sugar. Now, don't let your kids go over to their house. You got to be smart. <laughs> be wise. But, you know, if they need that cup of sugar, they're, you know, and you've got that sugar to spare, then give it to them. Yeah. I wish there was a metaphor. That was a good word. What's that? Thank you. I Thank just you. Think about the Baskin Robbins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, oh. that was great. Oh man, uh, Mr. John. 
Y'all, I've, I've been in my word lately. I'm not going to It's not a flex, but like. Like nice. that meme you posted, you about to. Bro. You got those few nice. me, those few verses memorized for the ladies. <laughs> oh, oh, you know his word. Oh, he know, he's <laughs> been reading his Bible. <laughs> he's so cute. He know Jesus. Oh, he know Jesus. And he, okay, I'm on And he chocolate. They gonna roast me alive, man. Specifically, Jakari. That's all. Facts. <laughs> She's gonna be the only one. So, Jakari, if you hear this, don't you even try. Facts. Um, I know we all go through our battles. Mm. We all go through suffering. But here's my encouragement: is I think we have the wrong perspective during that suffering. Mm. I think. When we're in the battle, when we're in this suffering, we're asking God, why me? Why am Ooh. I going through this? <laughs> but instead, I think we should have a perspective. It's like, what are you trying to teach me? Mm. What are you trying to show me in this season? What are you trying? What do you want me to become? Mm. And I think that's the reason why we go through our battles and mm. sufferings. I think there's a change that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a shift. And I like I, the scripture that sticks out to me the most is Hebrews 5 and 8. Although he was the son, when we're talking about Jesus, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Wow. So if the son, if Jesus himself suffered and he learned obedience mm. and we're Christ like, what can we wow. do? And I think a lot of us just need to learn obedience wow. through our suffering. Yeah. And we really need to, whatever God's telling you, whatever God's speaking into your heart, whatever God wants you to do, maybe obedience is the key to unlock or release you from that battle. Wow. That suffering. So, and like I say, I only say this because like I went through my battles. Yeah. And I think you, you really just need to understand that one, you're not alone in your suffering. But also that the suffering that you're enduring is just only just it's only going to make you better, yeah. and stronger. It's going to strengthen you. Yeah, that's all. It's, that's all it's doing. Man, so, yeah, it's some good stuff. It's funny that you said that because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said it because some of my 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 closing thoughts were the battle in the wilderness is like when you're going through so much. Um, Matthew 4 talks about it when Jesus was tempted and he was going through getting to where he needed to get to. We, we all know the scriptures. Satan t- takes him up to the, the thing and says, hey, I give you all of this. There you go. Just I give you know, anything that you have. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he, put, he put some scripture on it. So a few things. So Matthew 3.13 talks about the, bap- the, the, the baptismal piece of Jesus. And then Matthew 4 talks about when he was tempted. Uh, Mark 1, 9 through 13 talks about the water, which is Jesus that we're talking about when he was being tempted and what he what he did. So I think when we're going through a lot of stuff and things are tempting us and we feel so much pressure. Know that, hey, oh, man, this is something I'm going through by myself. No, you're God. God was Jesus was tempted himself. Matthew 1, 9 through 13 talks about that. 1, 9 through 13. Yeah. The water, who being Jesus, was was being tempted. So a few things. God, so God always takes us 
from the water to the wilderness. It's a preparation time. And I think sometimes we got to get to the point where we can't use the battles as, oh, man, it's just, this is the devil going against me. No, it's it's your wilderness season. So don't mistake. I think if we get so close into mm. God, don't mistake your 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 the battles that we label as battles those are our wilderness seasons and so he always takes us through something to get us prepared for something else so whether it's this covid stuff whether it's hey i have a job loss or hey you know what i lost this girl i lost this relationship with him or whatever the case may be do know that hey this season that we're in it's not going for nothing there's purpose behind it um, so God always takes us from God always takes us from um, from the water to the wilderness. He's getting us prepared. Um, the one thing you understand is the enemy will always watch and wait. Whenever he knows that hey, this is something I'm going for, whatever it is, he's always going to send something that looks that's not the original. Ooh. It's always going to be something that's fake. So you can be saying, "Oh, this is a great opportunity." That's God, and God was like. No, that ain't me, bro. That's not me. And then here's the thing we always realize every level that we go through, bigger levels are going to be some bigger devils coming. Mm. So the enemy is always going to size us up. How can I, I let me find a weak spot in this person so I can find out, hey, you know what? Oh, they's, they're weak. Let me get them. So it could be the battle of the mind. It could be the battle of the heart. It could be the eyes, the ears, the, whatever that is. He always has that. So there's four things to know on how to win the war in the wilderness. The number one thing is know where you are. So if you know where you are, that's key. That's a that's the first step. So you can expect an attack at the beginning of something. Whenever you get me going to that wilderness, you can always already expect. Um, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm in this wilderness piece here. I'm ready for the war. I got my my shield. I got my sword. I'm ready for the Let's fight. Get it. Come on. The number two thing is the word is your weapon. So know where you are. Number two, the word is your weapon. If you don't know the word, that's fine. Let's get that Bible out. Pull that Bible out. Out. Hey, you know what? My mind is being attacked. We talked about unforgiveness. Type in that scripture. Hey, forgiveness. What I need to do? Screenshot it. You have a problem with unforgiving, forgiving people. Repeat that repetitively. That way you can get it down in your heart. When the enemy attacks you, speak the word. It's your only weapon against the enemy. And it's your only weapon against your enemy. Because what I may be struggling with is not maybe something that that it may be John's enemy. So my enemy could be something completely different than John's enemy. But whatever that is, if I'm speaking the word to it, it, it leaves because, like we said earlier, Matthew four when he was tempted, what did Jesus do? He quoted some scriptures. He he didn't say, hey, you know who I am? God's my God's my dad. No, he's quoting. God's my dad. God's my dad. Exactly. He didn't do anything. He's like, Jesus threw some scriptures at Satan and was like, hey, man, should not live my bread alone. Hey, turn these things into this. No, he didn't do anything. So we got to get scripture based. In this time, in this season, when everything that's happening with the racial injustice, with us, this COVID flu season is right around the corner. All this stuff that's coming left and right. Hurricane season, we're still not out of the woods on that, I'm which just you. it just missed us. 
all this stuff is going on, maybe it's just, maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's just a, a, a wilderness that God's preparing us for. And he wants to really see who will come out, who will come out strong. Come on. And then who's able to say, hey, you know what? I went through this. It was myself and God. Because some people will be like, oh, how are you doing in this season? You know, I'm doing really good. Really? Why? Well, God is with me. My trust is in him. And if we have that trust, then we, we're, we're in a good state. Number three is know what is at stake. Whatever God has called you to do, hey, it, it's hey, I, it's the music. Hey, God has taught me to, to you know, John launched this fitness thing, faith and fitness, fitness and Shout faith. Out. Yeah. So <laughs> any of those things that he has, so know what is at stake. So and let's be honest, the Bible talks about fitness. It talks about eating right. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Your body is a temple. Exactly. You know so it. let's use those. So one is know where you're at. Two is the, the word is your weapon. Three, know what is at stake. Here's one key thing. Know your, know your legacy is at stake as well. Mm. So your legacy is at stake. I can remember. I'm taking notes, bro. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I can remember one. T- I can remember where. I can remember where one of my friends would always say, every time we left the house, his dad would always say, "Remember your last name. Remember who you are." Me. And I was like, "Wait, well, we know who your name is." He was like, "No, no, 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 no." He was talking about like our last name. He was talking about Christ. I'm like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> so and you got to realize your legacy at stake because the enemy he he has nothing left to do but to try to ruin everything he can to ruin your legacy so one know where you're at the word is your weapon number three is know what is at stake number four is we got to know where our help comes from whenever we have any questions god i need you the holy spirit is is a comforter that's it that's it the holy spirit god Sends the Holy Spirit as a comforter. When we're struggling with something, we're going through something. God, comfort me in this season. The Holy Spirit is there. We don't even use the Holy Spirit. He's just sitting there just like, yo, I'm over here. Whenever you, <laughs> literally, whenever you need me, let me know, bro. I'm, I'm here. And then know where your help comes from. And then the last thing is just your help comes from God the Father. The Holy Spirit and God the Father. When we know those things and we use those things, then literally the season that we're in, Will not be a season of oh, man, oh, man. Why am I going through this? I'm going through this, and and you know these are my some these are some of my down season I'm in right now, and you know no, it's hey, you know what? I, I'm not. This may not be the perfect season, but I know God is using this season for me because He's getting me to somewhere. So God never wastes a battle. He never wastes a season. He never wastes an opportunity because He knows, hey. You got a lot of things that are at stake. Stephen Furtis said this perfectly well two and a half, three weeks ago. He said this. He says, every battle you face, there's going to be giants standing there. Mm-hmm. If you don't have weapons in place, and you, and which is the word, and you don't have that, you're going to go through that battle, and you're going to come out worn out, and you're going to lose. Because a lot of times we go into a battle, and we think, we got this. I got it. You know, I got this. God on my side. When it's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take a trip from from Texas to California, and I got half a tank. Yeah, you may have some scriptures and stuff in you, some word in you, but you ain't on the you ain't on the full side because why? We're not consistently filling ourselves up, and it's key 
in this season, especially with all that's going on, that we are spiritually strong. I'm not saying we got to be perfect. I'm not saying we got to be a Billy Graham. But what I am saying is when things happen and life throws us curveballs, we're able to say, you know what? God is right here. He's the general manager. He's my coach. He's going to guide me through this season. So I, I put that out there. Could it be what we're going through is not the devil? Could it be just this is the wilderness that I'm going through because he's getting me from one point to the next? And are we going to come out strong or are we going to come out weak and feeble? And I think. What's up, y'all? It's KJ. Yeah, so it stopped recording. I had to stop. And we started talking about Chadwick Bozeman while we were waiting. I hit record and they didn't really realize that I was recording while we were talking. But surely enough, later they figured it out. So that's why we're jumping to something different. Okay. Back to the podcast. Chadwick, you know, I know you're not supposed to idolize anybody, but it's like his life just means so much more. It did, it did, <sighs> it did, and that and 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 that was the thing. That was the thing for me that was really, it really hits home so hard because now, like you said earlier, now that you know what we know. It makes sense of what with the stuff he was saying. Yeah. This man was dropping gems. We <laughs> <laughs> were just like, okay, damn. Yeah. That was a good word yeah. all, but... And it never really hit home. It never really hit home. And I think that was one of the things for me is that it's like, what am I complaining about? And I'm healthy. Yeah. You got breath in your lungs. Exactly. It's... I'm not taking chemo, nothing. It's crazy. One of the videos he was talking about, he was talking in, um, he was talking about, I think, two kids that had cancer right before Black Panther came out and how the doctors or the parents were telling them basically that um, this was like their, this is what they were clinging on to. They wanted to stay alive mm. just to see the Black Panther, mm-hmm. you know, um, he was just talking about what that meant to him. Mm. And, you know, but now looking back at everything, mm. and, you know, you see him tearing up. And obviously, this is a tearful thing, I, but it's like looking mm. back at it with this perspective, it's like, man, this man. This man had cancer visiting people with cancer. Yes. Like, who does and that? And didn't say anything about it. Didn't, was so, was such, like, on a mission, had so much purpose that he put his own pain aside. And, and it goes back to what you said, impact. What impact are we making? Are we okay with just going the status quo? Hey, I'm doing my, I'm gonna do me. Oh, I, I don't have a huge platform like he is, and I can't make a difference on my platform. Or, or are we saying, you know what? Yeah, I, if if Chadwick can make a a huge difference. In the last four years, and still not stop, and keep pushing, and keep going, and keep fighting, and keep fighting. His body's tired, worn out, worn out, and keep going. Then so can I. So can I. You said something earlier about the joy in in the pain, or the joy in the song. Joy during your suffering. Yeah. I just you you 
you just you just go through you go through if Jesus went through suffering, who do we think that we're not gonna go through suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Like if he went through it, if he literally died on the cross, yeah. endured the pain for all of our sins. Like who thinks that we're not gonna go through suffering in our lifetime? But yeah. Jesus went through all of that for us. Exactly. So that we wouldn't have to live in eternity in hell. So that we could be forgiven for the sins that we committed as human beings yeah. on this earth. Yeah. And like, and we have the nerve through our suffering to say, why God? No, not why God. He sent his only begotten son to this mm-hmm. earth to save our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, through our suffering, we're going to have pain, but that's why we choose joy because we have somebody who Ooh. loves us mm-hmm. enough to send mm-hmm. his son to save our lives from eternity. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. And that's why I say like, I love that Chadwick said like, I just want to use all my talents at the end and say, like, Lord, I use it all up. Everything that you give me. Because your your soul is going to live beyond your death. Like, your soul, Chadwick's soul is impacting people to this day. Mm-hmm. He is, his soul will live on. And that's the question that you have to ask yourself regarding impact. Is what that I'm going to do, not only is it going to, not only is it is going to exhaust the talents that God gave me, but also, it's the things that I'm going to do are going to live beyond me. Yeah. And that's all I want to do now. Yeah. That's like, I, of course, there's 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 certain, there's visions that I have for money, financial, relationships, wife. But what, what drives me, what keeps me waking up in the morning is the impact, the legacy that I'm going to leave behind. That's... I good stuff. It just it just it just it really just fires me up so much. Yeah. Like like I wanna impact kids' lives, man. Yeah. Kids go through enough yeah. childhood trauma. They yeah. go through enough pain. Yeah. That somebody needs to love on them and create an environment where they can forget what's going on yeah. around them. And that's my impact. And I know that's my impact. I know that's got what God wants me to do. And so I just, it's probably not recording, but I just think. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's recording. So we're going. Oh, all this is recording. <laughs> Gosh, you just, you really have to think about just, we got, we really have one shot at this. Yeah. One shot. And every day, that we live, that we wake up, we die. It may not seem like it in the moment, but that day is going to come. Every day that we live, we die. And I think to that point, impact, it's what impact are you making? What legacy will you leave? Will your 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 things that you do, a lot of people say, Chad, bows and spirit will live on. The things that he's done, the impact, the the non-quit, the stop complaining about knowing that you're going to die, knowing that everything went from stage three to stage four. 
that quickly and knowing, hey, this this is it. Knowing that, you know what? I'm going to keep pushing through it because I'm going to make an impact on people's lives. And at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. What impact are you making? What impact are you making? How can you live a life of unfulfillment? I, I can't even think, I can't even fathom going through my life and getting rich, getting cars, getting money. Yeah. And that being it, what purpose yeah. is that? And see, the beauty of it is, <laughs> you know, the beauty of it is he touched, think about this. He touched the people who are the comic people who love comics. He touched, and that movie, billions of dollars. <laughs> okay. He touched people on like the Thurgood Marshall stuff, the Jackie Robinson Jackie stuff. Morris. So he, he, he wasn't what, he wasn't a one hit wonder type of guy. No. I want to hit make, I'm making, I want to make sure it goes back to what you said. I want to make sure that I'm making an impact on things. And I think that's a, a great type a subject for this, this, this podcast is impact from a culture perspective, from, you know, life, everything. What impact are we making literally as a people, we have no excuse. There's no excuse. And it's like you can't use the you can't use the excuse that he had cancer and so his life was gonna end a little bit early. Like we're we're all gonna die one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, ultimately. Yeah, it's coming to an end. His just his just came a little bit faster yeah. than ours. But I believe that regardless, Chad, God was going to use Chadwick's life for good. Yeah. No matter what. If you, you really think about it, like, how does one man get put in all those roles? All those key figure roles. Yeah. I think about how good God is. Like, he put, he literally placed this man in his position. And you got to think about the obedience on Chadwick's part. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to play this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This role is exactly what I meant. Mm-hmm. What I meant for mm-hmm. like this role is what God, even a superhero comic book role, he understood mm-hmm. the gravity mm-hmm. of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who loves superheroes because superheroes yes. give you the sense of strength. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you see, you exactly. see Captain America yeah. who who pushes for good mm-hmm. always, who's a leader. And that's all who superheroes really are. These are people that we inspire, that inspire to be, that motivate us. That's why people love superheroes mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. But this man chose to. This is a superhero that is powerful, strong, a leader, a king. Yeah. Black. Yeah. Yeah, and he played the role very well. And he played the role. I don't think anybody. No. That's why I don't want. I honestly don't want them to recast him. No. You you no. let you let the you let. I think her name is Shuri, and you let her take mm-hmm. on that mantle. But I don't think anybody else should play be placed in the role because nobody mm-hmm. will ever compare mm-hmm. to Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay, I'm done. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, um, impact. What impact are you making? Whether it's at work, whether it's with your coworkers, your people at church, your your life groups that you do, you you have life group that you get life from if you're in a, a, a uh, I call a life group I don't like call them small groups if you're in a life group and you're not getting life from that group you need to change a group so find a group where you can get life from so where people are building you up think about legacy think about impact think about hey 
what difference am I making? Think about, hey, you know what? The seasons that I'm in, hey, maybe it's not an enemy. It's just it's God has me through this wilderness time to get me through things. But don't lose who you are and don't think that you are less than anyone else. And I think that's the biggest key that we have to we have to understand. So with that, that being said, Jay, uh, KJ, you got anything, any last words for the people? Um, yeah, just as we, we covered a lot of stuff. We, we talked about the racial issue, we talked about forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, Chadwick Boseman. So I just encourage everybody, um, Christians, non-Christians, the church, um, leaders in the church, put yourself in all those positions. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Start with, um, the racial issue. Um, you know, imagine maybe, you know, if people are listening and they know one of us, you got me, Michael, and John here, um, or even somebody you know mm-hmm. that's black. If you woke up one day and they, um, you saw that they were shot or killed on mm-hmm. the news, do you think you could think to yourself, not to say that you are going to be the person to eradicate racism. And then maybe even again, you might be. Yeah. I don't know. But if one of us or somebody you knew were to die, would you be able to say, I know at the very least I did everything on my part? Mm. You know, and if Mm. you, if you can say yes, then, Mm. you know, more power to you keep doing what you're doing. But if not, Mm. you definitely want to rethink how you're living your life. And then going back to the forgiveness, same thing. Um, wow. You know, if you woke up, you know, you've, if you died today, do you think you could honestly say that you've forgiven everybody that you need to forgive? Mm-hmm. Or if you know that you haven't forgiven somebody and something happened to them and you know you didn't do everything to forgive them, um, think about what kind of mind state that puts you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, but just ultimately, you know, wow. think about those answers and think, live, live by, live by that. Wow. Like, you don't, you don't stop until. You live the life. You, 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 you don't stop until you live the life that God always intended you wow. to live. Yeah. You don't stop. You don't quit. You don't lay down until you, until you can wake up and say, like, I have truly exhausted everything that all my talents, everything that you wanted me to do, Lord. If you can honestly wake up in the morning and say that you did that then fine. But if you can't, you don't stop. Wow. You keep pushing. Wow. Yeah. You push. Wow. I think Chadwick, he's a good person to look at on how to live your life. You know, ultimately he was a role model. Um, he was going through all this stuff and he didn't complain about it. You didn't hear him complain Not about it once. Mm. And during all that, Not one more. You know, he lived his life to the best of his abilities. Mm. And I don't know if anybody has anything negative they could say about him. Wow. That man going down in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he talking man. about 
Historical figures. Man. Like Chadwick's on my For a while, list. I knew him just as like the black guy because he was always the black guy playing all these, mm-hmm. these figures. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He needed, he needed a black guy to play. Chadwick Bell. Oh, that, that black guy, did, did the other black guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael, who about you? No, I think it's, it's, I think this, this, this has been really, it's been, has had some, some serious tone to it to where it's, I think it goes back to, I know um, you guys basically made it set the tone, it's impact and, you know, from every area of the spectrum from the racial injustice to, you know, everyday life to church life to life groups, what impact are you making to, to make a difference? Are you okay with the status quo of doing your, doing life and what just I go home and do what I need to do and I'm not making any impact? forgiveness and learning to forgive and learning to not let things get in the way of that and then the season that we're in whether it's could be it could be what we can feel like hey this is an amazing season or we can feel like hey i'm in the wilderness or why is why is the devil trying to attack me and not giving the enemy credit for stuff and and understanding that hey you know this season that i'm in it's a wilderness season you know you may feel like things are not going for you left and right when in essence, it's not one of those things. And I think Richie, uh, we had him on a couple of weeks back. He said, in whatever season that you're in, do not waste that and and, and push through it and, and, and figure out, hey, in those moments, get close, super close to God. Because in those moments when you're not doing stuff that keeps you, that has you occupied, the enemy can sneak in and just start playing with your mind. And then you have the battle of the mind. You start dealing with so certain things. And so with that being said, it's just stay focused. And stay focused. I love that. Do not figure I, I challenge everyone listening. Let Share it with, with people. But I also challenge you to, to not be afraid to talk to people that are black people about, hey, I don't understand this. What is this? What does this look like? Create dialogue because you have some people who, 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 who want to talk about. Hey, this is this is what bothers me. Like this is some things that I'm going through. It's not a taboo subject. At the end of the day, we were all created equal. You, we all bleed the same. It's the same color. It's red. And so I think as long as we understand it, as long as we know, then we're good. But impact. I think okay. that's the last thing I have to say will be the impact. So. Any other things, guys? Y'all good? We good? I'm good. With that being said, hey, guys, we thank you so much for tuning in, listening to us. Um, We hope that you have an amazing week. Don't let none of this stuff just seep through, go one ear out the other. Stay focused. Remember a lot of the stuff we said. Let it digest. Impact is the biggest thing. Uh, Go Lakers. Woo! Go Lakers. I didn't ask you that coming. Go Lakers.